Welcome to Thrive with Trevor Huffman Podcast. Trevor will be sharing 20 years of his NBA, NCAA, and overseas basketball playing, training, and coaching experience to help basketball athletes, parents, and humans find their athletic edge and thrive. Thrive is a deep dive into the lives, routines, habits, and minds of the world's best mental performance coaches, leadership professors, pro basketball athletes, NBA and WNBA skill trainers, and thought-leading sports psychologists. Let Trevor help you find the edges of your comfort zone so you can thrive. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, everybody that like to welcome Kenny Hayes on the Thrive Podcast. Kenny Hayes is, uh, I got to know Kenny this summer working out with uh, some of Flint's uh, best, brightest, and most talented players. Got to run into you and um, you're a former Miami of Ohio uh, point guard, which, you know, we used to, I used to play against back in the Mac days when I was there. I'm a lot older, but just thanks for coming on the show, Kenny. And, um, you know, one of our many pro players that, had a better reputation and pro career than me. So I'm always excited to have guys like you on the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Uh, no, I, I've always known about you. Uh, even when I was at Miami, everybody would tell me the stories about Trevor Hoffman. Oh, you know the story about Trevor Hoffman. He's the best player to ever play at Kent State. <laughs> you well, know, that's... so they, you know, Coach Peden told me your story about how you didn't have any offers. Uh, yeah. Kent State took you and then the rest is history. Yeah. You know, so. I'll tell you the, the the most the crazy part about that story is I was unsigned in the summer July and uh, I came and this is a training story really because I went to Kent State on like a, a, a basically like they just said come down and 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 uh, see how it goes you know just basically Coach Waters didn't really like me and so I came in at six in the morning a guy from Detroit, inner city Detroit Andrew Mitchell. We, he, he showed up at 6 a.m. I showed at 6 a.m. We both had our basketball. We start, Instead of working out, doing dribbling and shooting stuff, we started playing one-on-one. <laughs> and we played for two hours straight. And the coaches came in. We were going at it, like battling, like, you know, trying to rip each other's heads off for a game. Yeah. Course, you know? And the coaches were like, what the hell is going on in here? You guys can't be doing that. And uh, <laughs> after the workout, Andrew Mitchell went in, and, and he was already signed. He was the next point guard. He went into the coach and said – coach i got i got our guy you know and yeah i heard this story and it gives me goosebumps because like i still think about i would have never gotten the chance to play at kent state if it hadn't been for andrew mitchell and like him telling the coach to sign me and we were playing you know we were essentially the same position you know and that's like, crazy we, we, we and became you, we became brothers wow 
Yeah. That's crazy because some guys, you know, some guys, you know, will probably feel threatened. Like, uh, I don't know if I want to, you know, yeah. let the coach know about this guy. Yeah, but this no, guy's that's garbage. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's like, you don't want him. He sucks. Like, <laughs> no, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, so how did you how did you get to Miami, Ohio? How, tell me a little bit about your, you know, where you started and, and, and how you got my, So my story is a little interesting um, as well. I, uh, in seventh and eighth grade, I got cut from the middle school team and my AAU team. Oh, wow. Um, so it was like, you know, it was a super setback mm-hmm. for me. Uh, and, you know, I've always been the type that, when someone tells me I can't do something or I'm denied, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't, I put my head down for a little bit, you know, just because I'm hurt and I'm sad. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I felt like, you know, I want to put the work in, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to get in the gym, I'm going to work with my dad and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad kept me level headed. You know, I continued to work and work and work. Uh, freshman year comes. I'm on a, I'm on the freshman team. Um, my goal was to try to make the JV team. People thought I was crazy because I, you know, I just got cut mm-hmm. last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up uh, playing on a freshman team. I just, I guess, I was, I was killing the freshman team, and then mm-hmm. literally six or seven games in, the high school varsity coach, uh, his name is Jim Brown. He's a former Division One head coach mm-hmm. at Wright State. Um, he just went to my dad and said, "Hey, I can I'm 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 not even going to continue to play him on freshman. It's clearly it's it's too easy for him." Mm-hmm. He bumped me straight to varsity, and right from there is where it all started for me. It was mm-hmm. like wow, and in my head, I just started thinking like, "Man, if I if I worked as hard as I did this past summer, imagine if I continue to work where mm-hmm. it can lead to." Yeah, and um, I continued to do that. You know, the rest of sister, all those guys who made the team over me. You know, those guys are like fans of mine now. Like, it's it's crazy. crazy, right? Like yeah, the- it's so crazy. Like they're all like fans of mine, and and, and none of them went to play Division One or none of that. Like it was, I was the only one. I got Player of the Year my senior year mm-hmm. uh, over all those guys who made the team over me prior to middle school and AAU, and that just was like you know that was just fuel for mm-hmm. me. You know, it was it was it was something that um that. I felt that I really, really wanted, and I had a really. I was see the thing is I was super blessed. I had a former Division One head coach as my high school coach. A lot of people don't get that. You know, you get some these high school coaches, and not, no, no disrespect to the high school coaches. I respect every mm-hmm. you know guy's system, but I was fortunate enough to play for a guy who also helped me play in a slowdown half court offense. Mm-hmm. Um, to where a lot of guys now, you know, a lot of kids now in high school, they play run and gun. And when they get to college, they don't know how to play within a, a system and, mm-hmm. and a structure. Half court. System. Half court. Yeah. So that really helped my game. You know, I, I, I was able to excel during in, in that system. So I didn't handle the things that I was supposed to handle grade wise. So mm-hmm. I ended up having to go junior college. Mm-hmm. So all the schools that were recruiting me, um, they backed off, you know, when they found out I wasn't going to be eligible, had to go junior college. So Charlie Coles and Jim Brown were such close friends. Like they were super close friends. And my coach, high school coach said, Hey, I got a kid. I want you to come watch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and knowing Charlie, Charlie respects Jim. Uh, 
Jim Brown. So mm -hmm. it was one of the things where he's like, okay, I'm going to come down and check him out. After that open gym, I mean, right then and there afterwards, you know, Coach Brown tells me, he said, Charlie loves you. <laughs> yeah. Said, yeah. Charlie, Charlie Cole's you. a legend, by the way. I mean, he's like, we're talking about one of the most legendary Mac coaches of all time. If not, you know, people in the Midwest know him around. The yeah. World. I mean, it, when he walked into the to the high school, man, you, you should have saw it. Like, people were shocked. It was like, oh, that's Charlie Cole's. That's Charlie mm -hmm. Cole's. And I always knew who Charlie Cole's was, mm -hmm. you know, just from, you know, Wally Zerbiak days when you were there playing against him. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, seeing Charlie face to face was like really like seeing a celebrity. Like yeah. I was, you know, I was nervous at first, but I'm like, look, man, I, I didn't work too hard for this. So it was like, mm -hmm. I got one shot. I wanted to show him that I could play. Mm -hmm. And after that, I mean, coach Brown said he didn't know anything about me. And, you know, how is it that he didn't know about it? I guess he got on his coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> he got it. How is it that I got a kid in the city where I'm from and I don't know about him? That's insane. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it happens so, a lot. It happens more than you think. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't was, have any division one offers. So that's yeah. crazy, man. It, it, and that's crazy. It's nuts. And um, so when Charlie showed really, really high interest in me, UD started to come around dating. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, it, it wasn't real interest. It was just, you know, they had to pay respect because I was a city kid and I was in the city and, mm -hmm. but I knew they weren't, you know, it was nothing serious. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going junior college and Charlie Coles, all the schools backed off, but Charlie Coles stayed. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was driving. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. I'm in St. Catherine, Kentucky. It's in, I forget where it's at. It's like three and a half hours away. Uh, um, he's driving. We playing in a, in a, in a hole in the wall too. He's driving three hours just to come watch me play one game and driving right back. And that right there was like, you know, I felt like they really, really wanted me. Coles really, really wanted me. Um, and I ended up blowing up in junior college. I was first team all American uh, mm -hmm. runner up for a player of the year. Um, my team was one that we lost in, I think, the final four uh, of the of the national tournament. And um, Miami offered me, and I started getting interest from all these other schools, bigger schools. You know, mm -hmm. Ohio State came, mm -hmm. uh, Cincinnati, Louisville, Villa, Villanova, Missouri. But I, I committed to Miami. And uh, and it was mostly just because I felt loyalty. It was just, you know, it was it was just I felt it was real. You know, yeah. those other schools I felt just wanted me because I was hot at the time. Right. Um, but Coles wanted me before those teams knew who I was. And it was a thing where, you know, I was about to sign my letter of intent. You know, as a kid, you want to play for a big school and you other people start to get in your ear. Mm-hmm. And I even thought about decommitting from Miami and uh, potentially, you know, hearing these other schools out. And um, I think Ryan Peden called me and I think he could tell in my voice because he's like, Kenny, you know, Ryan got all the energy in the world. Yeah, Ryan was at Kent State. I remember. Yeah. Kenny, what's up, man? Yeah. Uh, you ready? Because I was supposed to sign my letter of intent like two or three days. And I think he could tell from the, my, my energy and my voice is that I was kind of like contemplating it, second guessing it. And all I heard, Ryan's like, 
oh, no, Kenny, no, 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 we're not, no, we're not doing this, Kenny. We're not doing this. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't, I can't allow it. I can't allow it. And he already knew for some reason. He's like, who, who are the teams? Tell me who the teams are. You know, tell, what schools are they? Please tell mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I think I told him. And then he just broke it down to me, kept it real with me. And I had a talk with my pops. Mm-hmm. And my pops just was like, look, basically what John Moran's dad told him, go where they want you the most. And mm-hmm. uh, and it was Miami of Ohio. You know, I was going to go there. I was going to play right away. You know, I, and I did. You know, some schools that tell you, uh, hey, you want to play. Um, and then you get there and you don't play. No, nah, when I got there, you know, they I was in the starting lineup. You know, they had plans for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. And, I, you know, I would, if I could go back and do it again, I would do this, make the same decision again. I'd go right back to Miami of Ohio. Because mm-hmm. um, it was more than just basketball. It was a family environment, and they cared. And they really focused on their, stu- their, their players graduating. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what really, you know, was big for me and my family. Because it was like nobody, you know, my mom or dad didn't get a college degree. Mm-hmm. So it was like that, that was big for them. They, they wanted me to get a uh, college degree. They wanted me to get a scholarship and they wanted me to make sure I got my degree. And That's that sweet. was the one thing that Coles and them um, stayed on. Um, mm-hmm. And me going there, I mean, Coles, I mean, people, it, it, it's crazy. But uh Charlie Cole, me and Charlie became super close. We feuded at first. Mm-hmm. At first, we feuded because I didn't like the system. It was more Princeton offense. Me, I'm, you know, I'm hurting mm. jersey. You know, you got to yeah. let me move. Yeah. Know, so. I know what you're good at. I've, I've seen yeah. you up close and personal. I, I would <laughs> not want to guard you. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of them things to where I ended up talking to my high school coach. And, um, and it was like, he, he just broke it down to me. It's kind of like, you know, how he, his system there, but Charlie's was a little bit more slowed down, you know, and it was, it was, it was kind of frustrating, but I could, I could play the system, but I really wanted to, you know, I, I felt like they were holding me back. Mm-hmm. They were holding me back. Um, and what happened was me and Coles ended up talking. We had a talk. We, uh, we, uh, we ended up talking for like two hours, man. It got to the point we weren't even talking about basketball. <laughs> We started talking about just life stuff. And he knew where I grew up. Um, where I grew up was, you know, it was a, it was a you know, not, I don't say poverty, but it was, I was, came from the, you know, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew that. And I think that's what made him respect me even more because he knew I had like a dream and a vision. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy making it out of Dayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guys like Ron Harper, was, or they were like mentors to me. So, I looked up to those guys, so it was like I wanted to make it out of Dayton, small city, you know, not really much, a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that meeting, I mean, it was I went on a tear, you know. It was like we had that meeting, we talked it out, and he really just let me loose. Mm-hmm. He let me loose. He's like, you know, basically, you're the only one that I'm going to give this type of freedom to. And it was really go under screen. He wants if they go under screen, shoot it. You know, mm-hmm. he wants me in transition. If you can get to the basket, take it, push it, mm-hmm. go all the way. It wasn't for everybody though. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I think he saw something in me to where, you know, he knew that I wasn't the type of guy to take advantage of it and just be selfish player. I still play within the system, but 
I played more free and I was more confident. And I just went on a tear. Um, I think I got like player of the month mm-hmm. in the Mac. Uh, I was a potential. Uh, it was crazy because I came out of nowhere and it was a, you know, they did the mid-season players, players of the years and I was in that category. And it was like, you know, uh, uh, I was starting to feel myself, feel comfortable. And me and Coles just became after that. We became so close, man, like super, super close. And when he, when he died, um, it was, it was, it was hard for me because we, you know, he was more than just a coach. He was like, we became super, super close mm-hmm. and his, and his wife, um, and his son, uh, his daughter, um, his granddaughter, you know, what's crazy. His wife said that you, out of all the players that he had, you were his favorite. And that is the craziest thing. I like, I couldn't believe it. You know, mm-hmm. like people, you know, the players used to tease me. They be like, oh, your dad, Coach Cole, Charlie Coles, where's daddy <laughs> at? You know, like. Yeah, yeah they, was, they used to haze me too. Yeah, just get on me because it's just like. Well, that's what, that's what happens when you can get, you get the, if you're the best player, you get to shoot the most shots. You got to get some hazing for it because that's how they, yeah. they feel yeah. good about it. Hey, basketball parents, coaches, and athletes. One of my favorite adapted quotes is, we do not rise to the level of our basketball goals, but rather we fall to the level of our basketball training system. Why do I say that? Well, I want to help all your basketball athletes, kids, or players figure out how to chase their basketball dreams in a smart, systematic way. So I'm offering my live online basketball training community today and get a free week of virtual home basketball workouts streamed into your garage, your living room, your basement, your driveway, and you get to work out with the pros. All right, we do this every week, and for the first time, your kids will have direct access to me, sports performance trainers, other pro coaches for as little as $25 a month. If you're interested, please visit trevorhuffman.com or text me, quote, Huffman Club with your full name at 810-771-8622. Again, that's 810-771-8622. I remember one time where Charlie went around the whole locker room and asked guys, you know, you're in college, guys probably drink sometimes and go out, mm-hmm. right? So he went by one by one. He asked every player. He said, uh, I think it was Adam. At the, he said, hey, Adam, do you drink? And he was like, what, what do you mean? In the light, and Coles is good at putting you on the spot. <laughs> so Adam, so he's a walk-on too, so he's so nervous. He said, no, just, just be honest with me. Have you, have you ever, have you ever drank before? Like, you know, be, be honest with me. He's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, so he was like, so, so where do you, when do you drink? So he was like, uh, so, uh, he's, he's so nervous. He's <laughs> like, uh, sometimes I like, get in my dorm, like just chilling, relaxing. So Coles is like, oh, so you're an alcoholic. <laughs> he was like, no, 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 I'm not an alcoholic. He's like, okay. Then he went to the next person. Uh-huh. So he went one by one. He gets to me. <laughs> And he's like, you know what? I don't even have to ask Kenny this. He's like, because he, he, he on a different type of level than you guys. He's like, he see other things. <laughs> he's like, you guys, all you guys are, you know, alcoholics. And you know what? Every single one of you are suspended. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But, but really, we had conditioning. He was giving us a day off. He was giving us a couple of days off, but he was just toying with their heads. Uh-huh. Um, he's like, all oh, y'all suspended. He's like. Kenny, you can come in the gym and shoot. 
Mock, another one of my close friends, walk on. Uh-huh. You know, Mock, me and Mock stayed in the gym. He was a uh, uh, he was another walk on. We were always in the gym working, uh-huh. and um, he was like, "I don't have to ask Mock this either. You two, got can shoot. Come come work out tomorrow if you want. The rest of you, I better not see you in here." <laughs> That's great. So it was like one of those things. were like to this day, everybody's like, "Man, Coles, man." And I and the thing is, in college, I didn't drink. That's one thing I didn't, you know, I stayed away from it, but I was out. I would go out, you yeah. know, I would go out with my friends. It's college. You have fun. But, mm-hmm. you know, Coles was like, I know Kenny don't go out. I know he knew, but he just was toying with the team. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's funny. I, 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 I did the same exact thing. I had, I would go out and I would fill up my, my little cup, you know, maybe put some ice in it, make it look like a little vodka Sprite. But man, oh, yeah, I was just to, straight water, man. I would drink straight, straight water. water. And uh, I used to do the same thing, like same thing. And a couple of my teammates found out they used to get on me about it. But I used to like keep it between us, like you know, uh, yeah, yeah. My yeah. best friends they knew. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I used to pretend like you know I wanted to fit in with the fellas. Um, I didn't want to look at be like a square. Yeah, I but know, they knew. I know. That's yeah, so, they it's knew. A tough, like, it's a tough balancing act. To follow because, yeah. you know, you got the football players who in the hockey play, the baseball players are raging, mm. you know, and there's me who, I, you know, I'm like, I don't, I, I just want to make it to the NBA. Like I was yeah. so, I was so focused on, you know, playing professionally and like yep. I didn't, when I first got there, I had no idea, you know, like one, I didn't think I was that good when I got to Kent, you know, I still thought I had, I, I, I knew that I had a lot of work to do. So that development, like when I look at your career, you know, you, you have like, you know, came into Miami 12, 13, 15. And then you look at your, your main Red Claws career, you know, you went from, from six points to 17 points, like that development, that like concept of continually improving, you know, it happens off the court too, right? Like how you recover, when do you take time off? Uh, uh, What do you, you know, all that stuff. So it's really interesting to hear that, that like that concept of always trying to improve. Yeah, it, and it's always like even now, man. Like even I'm so anxious to go play because I just feel like you know, not that teams are sleeping on me or you know, I just feel more disrespected. You know, it's just like okay, I work so hard, and you you know these teams want to you know, I get it. It's COVID, but I work hard. You know, I got to get my money's worth, and um, I feel you know that I got a chip on my shoulder. You know, people look at he's 33. I don't know if he can, you know, still do what he's done the last two seasons. And it's like in my head, I can do even better. You know, I'm not I'm not I've never been satisfied. And that's one thing I think that has, you know, helped get me over the the, the, the hump at times is that I've never been satisfied, even with great performances. Like my dad, I tell you, there's times where D-League, I had 52, right? Mm-hmm. And I told my dad, I was like, man, I should have had 60, man. Like, I was, I was mad. Yeah. You know, like I said, everybody's praising this 52. It's like, dad, man, look, at, I'm showing them fam. I'm like, look at this shot I missed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy shot right here. I mean, And right there, my dad's like, dude, you need to, you know, you need to slow down. <laughs> like, <laughs> my dad thinks I'm crazy. Um, yeah, that's funny. Um, I mean, that's the mindset, though, of a, of a competitor, right? I mean, yeah. Like, w- when you were – I want to go back just because I, I really find, you know, you getting cut as like an integral part in your, in your, in your approach. Like I think getting cut or going through adversity, there's, 
you know, there's, there's opportunities in failure. Like Bob and I, Taylor and I were just talking about it. Like I, um, you know, my dad would take me into, you know, the worst parts of Flint. Um, you know, I'm like a short white kid. I'm nervous. He would just go drop me off. And like, I'd have to play at the park with grown ass men, you know, like scared, you know, but for a while, you know, you, you kind of get desensitized to it. Next thing you know, you're competing, you might be losing, but you know, that, I, that, that failure early on and like working through it and making me, making me like, okay, what's, what are you going to do? So like, are you going to, are you going to just take it or are you going to get out in the driveway and start working on what you need to work on? So he was really good. My dad at, at like putting that carrot out in front of me. What did your dad do to, to help you? My dad, the one thing, number one, so he was my, he was my first coach really. Right. So when I got cut from the AAU team, I got cut from middle school. Then I got cut from the AAU team. So what he said was he created his own AAU team. Right. All those guys, we got a team together. And what's crazy, my dad didn't play me. My dad, no, he told me I wasn't good enough to, you know, be in the rotation at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't I wasn't angry at him. I understood it. You know, he broke it down to me. He said, you got to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the guys that were ahead of me were better than me. And um, the thing about it is that, you know, it was another setback for me, but it was something that, you know, motivated me, you know, because it's, it's your dad. You want to prove to your dad, like, you're just as good. You know, he's playing other kids that aren't his kids. Most Think about it. Most dads, what are they going to do if they coach their son? They're, they're going to play him no matter what. They're going to say my son's the best, my son, you know. Yeah, you know, they're going to look, they're gonna look at the short term. They're not going to even yeah. look at the long, like what's going to be yep. my, well, how's, where's my son going to be in, in 12th grade as opposed to like, <laughs> I'm going to win, I want him to, you know, feel good yep. right now. Yep. So it was one of them things to where even other parents would be like, man, why are you, why don't you play little Kenny? Why don't you play little Kenny? Like he's, so over time throughout the summer, I got better. I started to get better and I used to watch guys games in front of me. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy, another short thing that I'm going to say that I was the film boy for the middle school basketball team. Mm-hmm. I did that purposely because it allowed me to be closer with the team and allowed me to watch people's game and it allowed me to at times get in practice with them. Mm-hmm. So it was like I was I was using that to, you know, get better myself, but then also going to the gym with my dad. Um, but so you were the you know, film boy for the varsity team. For the, for, the, uh, for the middle school team. For the middle school team. I got you. Okay. The, the film boys. It, uh-huh. was, it was embarrassing. Now when I think about it, it's like crazy. I'm still kind of – it gives me chills mm-hmm. to think about it. Um, but that's what, you know, really that, – that's where it, is, where it sparked when mm-hmm. I got cut. You know, some people, you know, they, they take adversity and they don't, they don't know how to handle it. I feel like it's good to go through adversity at a younger age. Because uh, when you get older and you never faced it and then it hits you, some people don't know how to react to it. And you know what they do? They blame the coach. They blame uh, other people instead of instead of looking their self in the mirror. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I got to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to do this and do that. And that's what I did. You know, my dad basically said, you got to look yourself in the mirror. You know, if mm-hmm. you were if you were good enough to play, I would play you. You're not good enough to play right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was motivation for me. And halfway through the season I started playing more I got better better I think I played against Lou Williams mm-hmm. uh, 
I played against Lou Williams. He was in. We were in the Where, same Where's he area. from? Lou Williams is from At, Ohio. At, no, he's from Atlanta. We went oh, to okay. an AU tournament, and you know my confidence was getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And I was always that type of guy that I knew guys were better than me, but I always wanted to go up against them. I always wanted to guard them, and I wanted them to guard me. Yeah. So when I went up against Lou Will, yeah, he killed me. I mean, it, it's, 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 did he draw a lot of fouls on you? Oh my god! Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, he was so good. I thought he was Allen Iverson of of, of, of kids basketball. Like he oh, was just bad. that good. Um, Could he draw fouls like that back then? Was he like uh, he was IQ just, wise? Was he? Was he yeah, he was just so quick. He had handle, could shoot it, and uh-huh. crazy athletic. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about crazy athletic. I mean, I was. We're in Atlanta, and like guys, for example. You know, after our games, guys want to leave, go to the mall, whatever. Now, I told my dad, I'm like, I'm trying to watch Lou Will. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to watch Lou Will. So I'm watching. I watched every single game he played in. Then we played up against him. And that was probably my best game I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, playing with my dad. Like, by far, my best Mm -hmm. game. I think I ended with maybe 20. We lost. I think we lost by, like, 20. Mm -hmm. But it was one of them things. I went up against a guy who just – who's going to get drafted out of high school. Um, I went up against him and it was like, I held my own. I held my own. Yeah. And since, since from there, it just grew. My confidence kept growing and growing. I also grew. I grew like five inches in one summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that helped as well. But, uh, that, but I had this, like the, the ability to want to take on like a, you know, like that time, Lou Will was my version of like a Charlie Bell or a Mateen Cleaves in Michigan, Mm -hmm. you know, who those guys, they had no idea who I was. Right. But I knew, I knew Mateen because I'd watched him in the state championship. I knew Charlie because he's, you know, he's big time, all Mr. Basketball, Gatorade player, all this stuff. So like the moment I got to play against those guys, I played one AAU season and uh, we made that team with a dad and a, a coach up there. So we were, you know, we were just a bunch of kids who wanted to play college basketball in Northern Michigan, but it was like one of the best experiences of my life because for the first time mm-hmm. you, know, you, you get that opportunity <laughs> to rise up to a challenge, a competitive challenge that you, you know, you're not sure. Like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm ready to do it. Yep. I'm nervous. Yep. Let's do this. And, and then you play well. Yep. And then, you know, you can, that's when players, they can, you know, they can have that adversity early on and then, they can see it for what it is. You know, it's just opportunities to grow. It's opportunities to get more confidence. It's opportunities to figure out what you yeah. do. Uh, you know, I think that's yep. a really important mindset yep. that parents got to give their kids. And I don't know the best way to do it other than tr- experiment, try, you know, try, trial, trial and error, trial and error, you know, like see what works. And um, yep. I think that's a real important part that. That's the, I think it's so important because, you know, some some of these parents, they want their kids to play in the NBA. Of course, every parent probably wants that. But first, of all, number one, the kid has to want that, not the yeah, parent. Right. The kid has that has to be a kid's dream. Um, and second, I think it's more important to have fun with it at first. And you know, it's it's got to be fun. You can't. It, it shouldn't be a job in middle school or or in high school. You know, it, it has to be fun and let them enjoy it. Let them fall in love with it because that's what happened with me. Mm-hmm. I got, I faced adversity and I loved it. Like it was like motivation for me. Like it wasn't to prove other people wrong. <clears throat> it was to prove to myself like, mm-hmm. Hey, 
you can be anything you want to be. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Even when I got cut, I always I looked up to Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson was my they were my favorite players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up watching them, and it was one of them things that like you know I'd be in the snow playing, you know, rain. It wasn't stopping me. Like I would be out, and people thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like my neighbor, like this kid's crazy. He's out here playing basketball in, in the snow. Um, and it's I think the best thing you probably know him too. Uh, you know, Andre Hudson, right? Played at mm-hmm. Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His dad was the one who cut me in middle school. Oh, wow. So, And I think I haven't, I haven't spoke to him since. I think he came to one of my college games. But it was the best. I think I told him, thank you. Yeah. I said, yo, thank you. And he didn't know what I was at. That. I was like, no, thank you for, for cutting me. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> jet fuel. Straight jet yeah, fuel for, for the right crazy. person. Yeah, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. It was, it was, and I think about it sometimes. It's like, man, I wonder where would I be where I'm at right now if I never got cut? If my dad never just benched me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I wonder if I would be where I'm at because <clears throat> everywhere I've been, I faced adversity. Um, Miami, I did. Um, D League, I did. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, I have six points per game. You know, they're playing guys. You know, I'm a nobody. Nobody knows who I am. Kid from uh, Miami. Coming from the Mac, yeah. Yeah, some kid. I'm playing against guys like on my team, Avery Bradley, mm-hmm. uh, Deshaun Sims, you know, Sharon Collins. These are big-time names that I watched, you know, when I was in college. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man. But what's crazy is that when I got there, I was nervous. I was super nervous. But when I got there – after a while, we're playing, and afterwards, I, I remember calling my dad afterwards. I said, Dad, these dudes aren't better than me. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was like – Basketball is basketball, man. That's Yeah. It was crazy because I'm like, Dad, these dudes aren't better than me. Like, And my dad's like, you know, I told you. like, It's all about – and then, you know, my first year was a learning experience uh, mm-hmm. playing against, you know, higher-level guys. And – what I did was uh, that offseason, my my they, my GM of my D-League team wanted me to come back. He thought it would be good for me to come back one more year. Don't just go to Europe mm-hmm. uh, right away. He said, come back one more year. Get a shot at, you know, uh, work hard. I'm going to have you work with Tim Grover mm-hmm. uh, at Attack. He set that up. That's how I got introduced to Chicago. Okay. Um, that's how it all started. Um, I came back um, – because I had a surgery on my wrist. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to rehab uh, in Chicago, but also rehab with Tim Grover. Um, Who's Michael Jordan's I, trainer for everybody out there that doesn't yep, know. Yep, if you haven't seen The Last Dance, you're not a, you should get unsubscribe to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. That is fact. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, then you don't love basketball. Um, but yeah, I, I spent that whole summer with them. Uh, just grinding, working. And I would text, you know, I, I became good friends with like Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. I would text him. Like, I felt like I wanted, I should be a better defender. So I would text Avery and like, yo, um, what are the things that you think of when you play defense? Just this little, probably annoying questions that he don't mm-hmm. have time to answer, but he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he would text me back and just like keep it simple. And it's more of like a confidence thing and wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We, I worked on my lateral quickness. I worked on you know, like just 
know, there was drills I would do where I just wanted to play defense, no offense. Like, mm-hmm. I just played defense. Um, and I worked all that that whole summer. And the, and, the, and, the, and the D League year came around. Um, and what's crazy, you know, I started the year off hot. You know, I was, I was confident, man. I was motivated. It was just I worked so hard that summer, and I'm working out with NBA guys all summer. Mm-hmm. So in my head, it's just only, you know, I'm, it, it, it's making me only better. Patrick Beverly, Jerome Randall, uh, Will Bynum. These are the type of guys that I'm playing against throughout the summer. Yeah, they are they killing me? Of course. You know, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say mm-hmm. that they were, but they it only made me better. Um, so when the season started in the D-League, my second year, oh, I was, you know, I started off on a tear. Yeah. Um, I felt like I taking got, candy from a baby. Yeah. So I got the call from my agent. It said, yo, uh, Cleveland wants to bring you up, mm-hmm. you know, for, for uh, forget what happened. Maybe I think it was Booby Gibson. Mm-hmm. Something was wrong with Booby Gibson. I go up to Cleveland. I'm there, you know. I'm, I'm now. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm super nervous now because it's like, wow. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm really. I've never even been in the NBA locker room before. I never even like, you know, yeah, talked to an NBA coach or anything. So when I, I go, I go to Cleveland. You know, I get there. I'm like, super excited. You know, I meet Kyrie Irving. I meet Tristan Thompson. Baron Davis was there. Uh, you know, these are dudes that I'm like. Wow, like I'm looking up to these dudes. Yeah. Um, and my first practice, you know, I got killed. I'll be honest with you, I got uh-huh. killed. It, it was just a different speed. It was a different type of strength. Mm-hmm. And it was just a different type of talent, dude. Like, I mean, Kyrie Irving was only, I think, 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. Before that, I had played against Derrick Rose, John Wall. Steph Curry at the time he wasn't Steph Curry who he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I played against a lot of you know elite dudes just from college, and people ask me, "Ah, oh, is Kyrie really like that?" You know, because he only played like five or six college games, mm-hmm. number one pick. And I told all my friends, even my dad, I said, "Yo, after that practice, I said he's the best player I've ever played against in my entire life." <laughs> <laughs> I've heard multiple live sources that I trust say that same thing. He's 18. I couldn't believe it. Like I said that he's the best player I have. I've never seen anything like this. Like I said, <laughs> who can shoot? He's quick. I was like, mm. he, his handle is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like that. He can finish with any hand, like in contact with in traffic. I mean, his footwork is crazy. I was like, his lower body is so strong. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't stop him. They have us play one on one, literally. Like I think I'm playing great defense. I could not stop him. He's scoring yeah. anytime he wants. Post up, <laughs> uh, 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 mid range, three, yeah, everything. Yeah. Every level. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, is it like this? I'm in my head. I'm like, is every player this good? And it was like I, I saw him. So then, you know, he after he got done killing me, I seen him do it to everybody else. I seen him kill <laughs> Baron Davis. Uh-huh. I seen Hill, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, uh, Mo Williams. Who else was that? What year nah, was Mo that? Mo Williams wasn't there. It was uh, light skinned guy. I forget his did name. West or uh, did, it's a uh, point guard. He Delonte West. Nah, Delonte West wasn't there. Hmm. We had Booby Gibson, Anthony Parker, Baron Davis. Um, 
man, I'm 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 yeah. I'm You're blanking on the other guy. That's I'm nice. blanking. I'm gonna find it though. But man, I mean, he he killing. He's killing everyone, everyone. Mm-hmm. And if, so that's so his rookie year. That's that's Kyrie's rookie year. Yeah, Kyrie's rookie year. Kyrie's rookie year. So me and him, you know, we were kind of like. I would I would hang out with Kyrie afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like he was he was a rookie. We would go out to eat. I also had oh Michael Thompson, uh Clay Thompson's brother. Mike Thompson was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, you know, Kyrie and I, you know, we kind of became like super cool, super close a little bit mm-hmm. while I was there. Um he was a cool dude. Um uh, wasn't cocky at all, uh different. He, he was, he was, he was, he was definitely different. Uh, uh, Ramon Sessions, that's who it was. Uh, Ramon Sessions, yeah, I'm looking yeah. him up too. Yeah, yeah Ramon had... Sessions. Um, he was there. Uh, Anthony Parker. Manny. Uh, Antoine, yeah, we had Antoine Jameson, uh, Luke Heron Goldie. Mm-hmm. Um, Anderson Verjao, Luke Walton. Verjau. Was Luke Walton on the team? No, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. A lot of these, a lot of guys like Sean Livingston, I think, came like, you know, during the middle of the year during trades and stuff. Because mm-hmm. Baron Davis wasn't there that much longer either. Christian and Yanga, um, mm-hmm. Anton Jameson was pretty cool. He was a good leader. Yeah, um, he seems like a good, good leader. Just yeah, he was pretty cool. Um, what's that? We had Manny Harris was there. Um, who else? Alonzo uh, G. Alonzo G. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a really cool dude. Really good guy. Booby Gibson was really cool dude. Um, they so, all but, were pretty cool. Eric, yeah. Verjao was a really – he was funny. He was goofy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I ate breakfast with him probably every morning at the practice facility. Um, I would get there. You know, they had to make sure, you know, you had to prove you had to be there early. Um, so, you couldn't get there. You couldn't get he's there. He's Brazilian, like, right? Do you speak Brazilian? Yeah, you yeah. Portuguese? So, well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't speak you no know, none of that. So he just <laughs> he would you know he would play little jokes and do little stuff like you know funny stuff. But, yeah, uh, he was a cool guy. They all were pretty cool. I enjoyed my time there. Um, Brian Scott was a cool coach. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com. To get started. So what is it like a 10 day contract? Explain to people how the contract works and you get called up. I got, I never got called up. I was in the CBA. I, I was l- literally playing for Will Farrell's Flint Tropic team uh, and Flint Birch run. And we won the Eastern conference championship. And I literally thought one time I was going to have to wrestle like a bear at halftime to get to stay. And like we were winning the conference and we won the conference, and I never got called up. But I just remember feeling like, man, this there are so many really talented players mm-hmm. in, so, in, the, in the world. Yeah, it's so many good players, man. Like, and it's really all about like timing and being ready mm-hmm. when you do get that opportunity. Uh, the ten day, so it's a ten day contract. Um, 
it, you know, it, 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 they can keep you for longer if they want. But most of the time, especially during that time, it was usually the 10 days would come when guys got injured. Mm-hmm. They'll pull a guy, uh, guy, the guy who pulled me up at the time, he was the player personnel guy at Cleveland. His name was Wes Wilcox. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes, I think from there went to Atlanta. Haven't talked to Wes in a while, some years now. But, um, you know, I was there for, I think, close to a little less than a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, it was a good time. Um, no, they, it was like, did they pay you in cash? I mean, like what? Oh, they give you a, so they, they, they pay you in a check. Yeah. They pay you in a check. But what's crazy is that taxes take so much out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you know, you get a check, you know, say you were supposed to make, you know, 30 something thousand, you probably get it back. You get it back. You got like 17 K like, you know, so it's like, ouch. Yeah. So it's like, Wow. So now you see why a lot of guys, you know, stay overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that was just motivation. Once I was there, I wanted to, you know, it was they those guys live a rock star lifestyle. I'm talking about you eating, you know, first class meals on the plane. You know, I'm talking about how you want your steak done. They, they cook it however you want. Any snack you want on the plane, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, you know, then you go back to the D League and it's just a straight grind. You're in the you in an airport all day, mm-hmm. flying crappy uh, south. Yeah, it's flying southwest, and then, you know southwest takes you everywhere before you get to your spot location. <laughs> yeah, so, um, giving you Fruit Loops for breakfast and yeah, know. it was it was it was it was it was tough. Um, but then that was more motivation because mm-hmm. I went back to the D League and I just took off. I started murdering. I think I had like uh, then I dropped fifty. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, um, you know, guys like Tristan Thompson had, had tweeted me, like Kyrie had tweeted me, like, yo, uh, he out here kill, like, you know, shout mm-hmm. me out. And that was like, you know, it was it was pretty dope to me, even though it was crazy. They're younger than me. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like 25, I think, at the time, and they're 18. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane, man. He's yeah. so young, so good. Yeah, so it was like, uh, I enjoyed that, and, you know, and I just, you know, use that as motivation and continue to work and work. And I wanted to get back. I wanted to eventually, you know, try to stick on the NBA team. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it, it doesn't work that way. And I'm not, you know, one of those dudes, oh, I should be in the NBA. No, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. So. Which I think, you know, when I got done playing and I, you know, gotten cut from the Phoenix Suns, the Knicks summer league team. And, you know, like there's a big part of me that had this, this, huge you know that huge drive like i never drank in college because well i want i did want to play in the nba and and then you realize like man there's so many you know like you said that the the variables that have to fall into place to become part of those 32 players in the entire world to get called or or uh, drafted is it's not you know it's it's really hard really really hard it's really hard and and that bubble you're talking about like the more i think about my life the more I think about, man, I'm so glad uh, there's a part of me that's just so, so grateful that I got to experience Europe and see the world and, and experience culture and, and, and see the, you know, the, the, the different types of societies, the, exactly. the socialist to the, you know, to the democratic, all the, all the different types of governments and people. And exactly. But, I, and I, I know, say the same thing, the exact same thing. I tell, you know, my girl and my, even my kids that, my daughter, she's 11. I tell her, 
She's like, why, Dad, why don't you play in the NBA? Why don't you play in the NBA? Uh, and I'm like, if it was that easy, you know, I wish I could, you know. But the the thing I tell her is that I'm I'm so blessed because I've been able to just see the world. You know, you there's a lot of guys in the NBA that don't know, have never been overseas in Europe. You know, there's a whole people don't know. There's a whole another side of the world that people don't know about, and it's it, and it's totally different. You know, like their language, they, the things they eat, you know, their, their their lifestyles. It's totally different than what you're used to in the United States. So it's like it's it's so, such a blessing to be a part of that and to see that and be and experience it because mm-hmm. you only live once. And this is a this world is big. So it's like, why not, you know, try to see it as much as you can, you know, and this basketball, one little orange ball has taken me, you. You know, so many other kids across the world, places that you thought you'd never be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, you know, it's crazy to me. Now, that I think when I was a little kid, there's no way I would have thought I'd be in China or Turkey or mm-hmm. Israel. And, you know, it's just like, and now when you get older, it's like, wow, you sit back and think like, man, I've been I'm truly blessed. You know, yeah. yeah, I'm not an NBA. OK, but I've been able to do things that NBA players haven't even been able to do. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think that's where kids get, you know, American kids, we're so conditioned to believe, you know, like, oh, this is the, you know, this is the only thing I can do. I have to play in the NBA. And you're like, uh, no, man, there's like, there's a whole world of basketball playing out there and overseas and, and the experiences you have will enrich your life. Basketball enriches your life for a lot of European guys, I think. And NBA guys, you know, I wonder, you know, do, do they have that like that perspective that a uh, a player that's been across the world, around the world, and and seen the different cultures and in in places and countries, and you know had a Turkish tea with the sandy silt at the bottom, you know, dump it in yep. your mouth and be like, what the, what just happened to me, you know, yes. like, you know, so what, like I I love I love the Europe the European model of 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 youth training, you know, let's talk a little bit about that because I know you and I we got to work with some kids in Flint and Grand Blanc and some really yep. talented kids that have, you know, that potential to go on and do amazing things with the game and see the world. There's a lot of kids like that, but what, what do you see uh, that you take from Europe and apply to, you know, as you work with kids or you work in your own game that have really helped you keep leveling up throughout the years? The one, the one thing that I try to tell the kids, you know, number one is make sure they're having fun. Mm-hmm. They're enjoying it. Um, they're not just doing it because their parents have them there and they're forced to do it. Um, the thing that I try to, you know, teach them is, you know, try to let them know about like adversity and setbacks because some of these kids, you know, they're the man in high school, you know, Oh man, you're the best. Everyone's telling you the best, you're the best. And a lot of the kids, especially, you know, the, 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 the more elite guys that I have, I try to always tell them, you know, stay humble and you still got a lot of work to do. You know, you're not, you, you, you know, you're, you're good, you know, you're good, but there's always room for improvement. And just like, you know, you, you have dreams to make it, you know, to pro play professional, make money. There's a thousand million other kids that got the same goals and dreams that you have. And it's not that many spots for, you know, for all of you to make it. 
So um, number one, I try to teach them, you know, being a good you know, teammate. I try to put that in their head, be a good teammate, you know, be a be be coachable. There's a lot of guys that I've saw seen in Europe that got crazy talent, man, like just mm-hmm. unbelievable talent, but they're not coachable. I mean, you can't tell these kids nothing. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, that's what ruins a lot of players' careers is because they think they know everything. They think they're just as good. You, pro- you probably are just as good. You know, you're probably more talented. But to me, I think with the basketball thing, I think 50% of it is your skill and talent, and 50%, the other 50 is your mentality, mm-hmm. the mental part of it. Um, and you're either weak-minded or you're strong-minded. Mm-hmm. And um, so w- with the workouts, <clears throat> I try to tell guys, you know, watch, you know, keep your game basic. You know, don't, you know, and nothing against James Harden. I love James Harden. You know, I think he's a good player. I think he's one of the best offensive players that we've seen in a long time. But I think the problem is nowadays everyone is watching him and they want to do the same things he's doing in the games. And it's like, you know, those things are going to get you on the bench or cut. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, (laughs) until you're a franchise player and you're making $200 And you're making more than the coach <laughs> and, and, and and the whole coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, what can you say to James Harden? Yeah. But, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they, 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 they want to be Steph Curry. I had a parent actually tell me, I want you to, because all the kids that I train, I ask, what are the things you want to get better at? Mm-hmm. So a parent reached out to me, said he wanted his son to train with me. So I asked him, you know, what position, what are the things that, you know, he he wants to improve in? And and the parent told me, he said, I want I want to help my son improve. I want him to be able to shoot like Steph Curry. <laughs> and it was, I, I, you know, no disrespect, you know, to, to this parent. But it was just like, man, I, I can't teach that. You know, like, I can't teach you how to shoot like Steph Curry. I can teach you the basics of basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can help you improve your shot. But. You know, I told him Steph Curry started with the basics, you know, and then grew from there. You know, you just don't turn into Steph Curry overnight. Exactly. You know, people don't realize, you know, Steph Curry, nobody knew who Steph Curry was. You know, he went to Davidson, skinny Mm -hmm. little kid. You know, he worked on the basics, worked on his ball handling, worked on the fundamentals of the game. And then as he got older, his body grew, got stronger. Things that, that that stuff starts to take in part, you know, and it, it, it I think the biggest problem that the, the hardest thing is, you know, these parents get it are too involved at times instead of allowing the coaches be the coach and the trainers be the trainers. And if I see something in a kid's game that I that I that I, you know, if the shot is, is wrong and it's 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 not good, I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to tell them because this is what we need to work on. Mm-hmm. It's pointless for us to continue to work on these other things when, you know, your shot's not not good. Let's focus on the shot. Let's let's work on the techniques on that shot, the fundamentals, the basics. And then we're going to slowly start to get back into the other stuff that we were doing. But with me, I want to help guys get better. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just doing it all, collecting mm-hmm. some money and then, yeah, going on about my day. doesn't feel it, – it won't sit right with me. Like I tell them, I would prefer you to do it two times right than six times wrong because then we're wasting our time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not getting anywhere. So you kind of look, you kind of look like, okay, I got this player 
uh, I, I look for a bottleneck, you know, kind of what's going to stop him from getting to his, you know, his, his, his best self or his highest level or play at the next level, you know, and if it's a shoot, if it's something with a shot, let's start there. All right, let's try to work on that, groove that, especially when you're young, because that's the time. The time to fix it. Eighth, ninth, tenth. Like those are the times to really kind of focus in on those those skill development sessions and, and get after it and really yep. focus intentionally on what you're trying to do. You know, and I find a lot of the guys that I work with, you know, like it's you can't have cookie cutter drills for you know, for players that do different things. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I think where I, you know, I love to watch guys compete because then you can start to see how they, what, what they do and what they need to work on. You know, and yep. I think that's, yep. as a trainer coach, you need to look at it from, okay, this guy naturally does these things really well. Now let's, let's add layers to that. You know, and I think you do, you, you, as a pro player, you can kind of look at a player and say, okay, this is where you are and this is what you do well. Now we can start to say, okay, this is your bottleneck. We need to, we need to fix this, work on that, but also continue doing what you do well in a, in a competitive situation, you know? And I think that's a big part of like training that a lot of trainers that I, you know, we had this talk, like it's frustrating to watch a trainer have one line of kids all doing the same move at the same cone, doing the, you know, the same shot. Yeah. Like yeah, trainers have never played. They've never, never played, never even had college careers. Nonetheless, pro yeah. careers, you know, and it's like, and, and it's no disrespect, you know, to some of these guys, because some of these guys, you know, are, you know, I know some guys who've never played college yeah. or whatever, and they're pretty good trainers, you know, yeah, they really study sure. the game, they really, but then you got some that's just got the kids going through the motions, just collecting whatever mm -hmm. money that they're being, you know, that they, that they uh, charge the kid or the parent. Yeah, and it's a money like, grab. It's like, hey, yeah. we're all here to make money off the kids. You know? Yeah, and it's to me that's not it because it, my thing is right. If 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 you're going to um, train a kid, at least train him, make him better. I like to see improvement. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of my guys that I've been working with like all summer, it's so I get so excited because like I see the improvement. You know, mm -hmm. I don't tell them, but in my head, I'm like, wow about two months ago, he couldn't make this shot, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, two months ago, he, his handle wasn't like this, mm -hmm. you know? So I love to see the improvement because in me and your situation, you got to think about it. Kids really, even though we're not in the NBA, they look up to us because, mm -hmm. you know, think about it. When you were in high school, if a pro was working you out, that would like, you know, excite you like man like i got a pro yeah it's like oh, man a pro i wish i had that you know where was like, dan marley when i needed him you know dan yeah. under dan was in in arizona enjoying the golf scene but you know, yeah. I, and that's what i really appreciate man that you come back and you and you take the time to work with kids while you're being the leading scorer of a turkish league making you know uh, a, a lot of money to do what you do you also take the time to say hey look i'm gonna give back i'm gonna teach the kids what i know in a way that I know worked for me. And I think that's like a crucial place to come from as a, as a coach. Like, um, you know, and I, and I, when I watch if for everybody that doesn't know Kenny, Kenny has, you know, he's got his site, you got your Instagram, Kenny Hayes. And then you also have hoop. Oh, uh, I can't, you, hoopology, which is, um, you know, you spelled it just type in hoopology and you guys will find them on Instagram. But like you, what I really find you do these micro patterns of like, okay, 
you know, uh, you're a foreman, what's going to happen is you're going to pick and pop a lot and you're going to be in these situations where you need to make moves and patterns off of this, you know, this, yep. this, these micro movements and concepts that happen a lot. And I, and I approach it the same way. Yeah. You know, if you're a guard, you run in the pick and roll. What kind of shots are you going to see? If you're a shooting guard, what kind of, you know, what kind of movements do you do a lot in the game? And I think starting yep. there is a real, real important thing that you do and you do really well. Thank you. Because I just feel like I don't want to work on something that I don't think that you actually are going to do in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to kind of make it like game situation, being able to read and go from there to where in the game come, you, you've been in this situation before. And it's like, oh, we I worked on this before, mm-hmm. you know, like and then it becomes easier, easier, easier. And it's like, you know, the muscle memory, like what you shot, you know, um, mm-hmm. when you practice the right way over and over. And when the game comes, it's, it's like where it's like being, you know, back in the court with your trainer, you know. Yep. Um, and that's what we talked about these, you know, these some of these trainers, you know, they, they just really have you go through the motions. And I, I, I saw a trainer, uh, this was like a couple of weeks ago, uh, and, and I couldn't believe what I saw because I was just like, man, I really hope the parents aren't paying for this. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, I, I just hope are. it's free. <laughs> like, because, I mean, if so, he's stealing money, man. Like, it, 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 it's it's you had the kid jumping over uh he was doing certain foot drill then he jump over with the ball and lay mm-hmm. it up and i'm just like dude this is not like it's not this what what are you never gonna jump this high over like it, it yeah. just was you know never, never seen that thing happen ever in a game before. never yeah. ever and it's just like wow and i think what me and you do we just teaching off experience we're teaching off things that we know these situations that they're going to be in in the game, like with, like during, with the position they're in, like they're yeah. four, you know, they're probably going to pick and pop a lot. If you're a four that can shoot, my biggest thing is, you know, if you are a good shooter, right, no matter if you're a point guard or four or three, whatever, even a center, mm-hmm. I want to work on moves with you to get you to your strength. Your strength is your shot, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to work on a jab footwork, you know, get them off you. If you back up, raise. You know, it's mm-hmm. disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a shooter. You're a great shooter. And I think, you now, for example, if you're good at getting to the basket, right, we're going to work on moves on getting to the basket. Mm-hmm. Get to the, you know, things that I think that that, that, that fits your game. I'm not going to have a guy go out there and do 30 dribbles between behind the back, step back, you know, Mm-hmm. Come on, man. You're not going to do that in the game. And if you do, you're probably going to mess it up. Like, you're going to look crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some guys are just special. You know, like, you, they just can do it. You know, like, you got your guys like Ty, even Ty Rogers. He's he's, he's special. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's a guy that, you know, he's like six seven strong. I mean, crazy handle, you know, for his size. You know, can handle and handle it. Yeah. And, uh, and a guy like that, I try to, you know, with him, he's so good and gifted he can just get to the basics like that, get to his spot, get to your money spot. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, you know, cause you already got the handle, use the handle when you need it, you know, mm-hmm. use the handle when you need it, be simple, be basic. But if you know, if you got a counter counter, them, you know, but, yeah. uh, but you know what I mean? It's, 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 I've been working with a lot of good guys. Another guy that I really like that I've been working on with is on lob singer. Mm-hmm. Um, people think I'm nuts, you know, for, for, for 
saying that I think Owen could potentially play in the NBA one day. Um, is he a long ways from here? Yeah, he's long, long ways. But uh, his ability and his skill level is so high that it reminds me of right now the guy that played for Miami Heat. Um, what's his name? Duncan. Duncan. Robinson. Yeah, Duncan Robinson. Yeah, yeah I was going to say know, he, he. If anybody you're going to you're going to say from Miami it would be Duncan. Yeah, no, nobody knew who this kid was. He came from a D three, transferred to Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's starting for the Miami Heat, trying to get to the NBA Finals. Um, you know, that's the kind of that's what I see in Owen. You know, mm-hmm. I I guarantee people thought like. Oh, Duncan Robinson can never play in the NBA. Oh, uh, Kyle Kuzma, they're right. He can never mm-hmm. play in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? And I mm-hmm. see it in Owen. Like, I don't know if he sees it in himself yet, you know, but he, you know, I see it in him. And the things with Owen, he's a really, really good shooter. So mm-hmm. I work on things getting to a shot. You know, he does a lot of dribbling sometimes. And I tell him, look, that ain't going to work at Western. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's such a good shooter to where you know jab work jab jab if he, mm-hmm. he, if he if he's not if he's not up on you shoot it raise up play yeah, to you your strengths yeah yep play to your strength you're tall and you got a high release mm-hmm. so no you know and you're and he's mobile you know you got a guy that's very mobile, mobile and can put they're it gonna, yeah they're gonna play him at the three at western mm-hmm. and i think it's smart think about it you play in the mac a six eight six nine three man mm-hmm. that can you know He's, 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 he's got NBA written all over him. If he continues to get better, continues to get stronger and have that more of a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's getting it. You know, he's, I mean, he's, you know, you can ask Bob, you know, Bob, I had some pros come down and Bob asked me afterwards when we played against one of them uh, and, and, and Owen, I'm not going to say the guy's name, who he was mm-hmm. killing, but Owen was killing him. I mean, this guy is a pro. Like, he plays high level, you know, overseas. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, the dude was like, man, he's going to be tough at Western next year. And I was like, no, nah, he's about to be a senior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> he's got one more year of high school, bro. Yeah, that's what he has one more year of high school. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. I was, he's like, oh, he's going to be a problem. And I was like, yeah. I was like, he's, he's getting there. He's getting there. Um <laughs> You know, he's still got a long ways, but uh, if he stays on this path, I mean, he's, he, he, he's, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. So, uh, but that's just an example. Guys like that, I just try to, you know, work on your strengths. And then we, you know, we add to that. But the number one thing, we want to get to that shot. Your mm-hmm. money, that, that shot is money. Mm-hmm. You know, the shot is money. So we're going to work on some jab work. Oh, he, he, he don't go for the uh, blow by. Oh, counter. Hit him with a counter. Step back now to the jumper. Mm-hmm. You know, like just just little little stuff that I think that, you know, helps people's game and keep it simple. Like I love Kawhi Leonard's game. You know, he has mm-hmm. a flat shot. I don't really you know, I don't like his shot really, but I like how he gets to his spots. Like yeah. he gets to his spot so easy. And it's just like It's not flashy. Um, it's not Yeah, it's not flashy, you know. He, and then he, the thing is he's efficient. Super efficient. He can hit you with a flashy counter move only when he has to, though. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love, like, because that's really me. I got every, mm-hmm. I'm hurting jerky, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I can hit you with all type of stuff, but I really just want to get to my money spot, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 now if you if you cut that off, now I can I can hit you with another move because I'm very quick, I'm mm-hmm. very you know I'm athletic, um, 
So I use my speed only when I have to use it. I try to play at my own pace um, and don't let anybody speed me up and, and play out of control. And I try to tell my, all my kids that when we go through the drills, you know, say I, I put the cones down mm-hmm. and we're doing different type of crossovers, but crossover to the next cone, what I want, I don't want you going full speed, crossover, then sprint to the next one, crossover. No, I want you. I want the more detailed crossover. Make sure you, this is the defender you're going up against, right? So, bam, hit him with that crossover. Now you come up on the next guy, you mm-hmm. know, come up, kind of raise a little bit. Because when you raise, what the defender going to do? They're going to raise. Mm-hmm. Then, bam, hit him again, you know? Like, yeah, the, playing at your own pace. Yeah, man. the shiftiness, the pace, the rhythm, like, you know, that's exactly what the the, the patterns that you're, you know, the best guards in the game have mastered, you know, whether it's, fin- you know, getting to the rim and finishing with both hands like Kyrie or, you know, even before that, what do you do before that to get by the guy? Can you get to yep. that spot and hit that jumper, you know, eight or nine times out of 10? Can you hit a step back, you know, mid-range jumper, you know, eight times out of 10? You know, and I think that's where like your standard, you know, what's your, what's your standard for training is so important, you know, and that fuel that motivates you to go out by yourself or, you know, work, work out with your, 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 the people in your community or you're on your team or people that push you, you know, I think that's one thing that I always try to tell, tell the kids in the home workout club is like, Hey, you know, don't, don't just listen to me, go out there yep. and, and keep learning and keep playing and keep competing, uh, and see what works for you. You know, I'm not the, I'm not the, I'm not, you know, the prophet of basketball, I do know what worked for me and I know that Mm -hmm. there's patterns and truth to to what worked, but you got to go out and figure it out. And I think that's like such an important lesson for these kids to also have the, the curiosity and the, um, the ability to keep learning. You know what I mean? Like that, like that's what I I really learned listening to you talk, like your ability to keep learning the game as you got, even as you got into your thirties, you know, like if I could go back and say, man, you know, I, I really kind of plateaued at like 28, 29. And I think that was because of the way, you know, I got an MVP in Belgium. I was kind of like, you know, at the top of my career, you know, and I think complacency is part of the game. You know, it's part of, it's, it's yep. part of life, you know, Facts. complacency in business, complacency in relationships, whatever it is, weightlifting, strength training, fitness, you know, you're always going to come up against this, like, man, what, <laughs> what should I be doing to stay in shape as I get older, yep. you know? And Facts. I think so that like hearing you, that learner's mind, you know, where you're always learning, you're always growing, you keep pushing yourself, you keep that fuel, that motivation. I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think it's so important for kids, for parents, for coaches to hear it. Yep. Facts. And I, you're absolutely right. I, uh, and I appreciate you, you know, literally like it, understanding what I'm saying because some people don't really understand it and you understand it and you are both kind of like the same kind of mindset. Cause we, we're going off basically experience. And there's been times like, for example, I've worked with trainers that train me and I had to tell them like, yo, I would never do this move in a game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, and no disrespect. I'm not trying to say like what did this move probably works? You know, it definitely works, but, Mm-hmm. For me, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my thing, what I try to do with my guys, I try to like 
try to really study their game at first, try to see what I think they're good at and what they're not good at. Mm-hmm. And I try to strengthen those things that they're good at. And then the things that I feel like they're super, they're, they're really weak at, I try to, you know, slowly build that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like try to, because I don't want them really knowing that that's, that's their weakness. Because then sometimes like guys, you know, for example, if you tell a guy he's not a good shooter, you know, he just focuses on that. Then he go, goes in his game. He just wants to prove to people he can shoot, mm-hmm. you know. That's not the way to go about it. The way to go about it, I think, is, you know, it's kind of constructive criticism, but in a more positive way, you know, hey, today we're going to we're just going to work on shots today, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, start to kind of critique their like shot a little bit, change it a little bit, you know, try to fix it, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, instead of being like, man, you, 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 your shot is broke. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, like, you know. gonna go two ways, man. You're gonna, you you tell a kid they can't do something, they're gonna do it all the time, or they're just gonna yeah. be like, I can't shoot, and they're never gonna yep. <laughs> come back from that. <laughs> so it's like, it, there's a way you have to do it, and uh, and I've learned that just from like, you know, I, I think I just learned it just from just, I guess, experience and just dealing with different type of, just playing with different type of players. Um, because I'll be honest, mm. you know, I'm not considered me. And, what's crazy. Me and my girl were talking about this last night. Um, so what's, which is crazy. Well, we were talking about this last night. She said, she, well, my friends that come over that hang out, come over to the house that play with me, they say I'm kind of a, a a-hole on the court uh-huh. when, when you're on my team. Uh-huh. And it, it's not the fact that I'm a I'm an a-hole. It's just mm. the fact that I have expectations <laughs> that it's not just for me. It's like, I want to win. Mm. So it's like, you know, if, if you're, if, if you're not taking this serious, then you're, you're, you're wasting my time and you're wasting your, I feel like you're taking food out of my mouth and my family's mouth. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you don't want to be here and you don't want to work, then what are you here for? You know, like you're blessed. You're playing basketball. It's your job. You can go be sitting at a cubicle, disappointed and mad, getting up at eight o'clock every day, eight mm-hmm. eight to five, hating your job. No, you're hoping. This is your job. You're hoping, dude. So like me, I take it serious. Mm-hmm. So like guys, you know, you know, last two seasons, I've been the captain of the team. Mm-hmm. Guys are, you know, one of my guys this summer told me that I had one of the pros that came down here to play with me in Turkey. And I had him, I was talking to him, I don't know how we got on the subject, but he was like, let me be honest with you, man. I was like, well, he was like, I'm not going to lie, man. I was scared on the court with you. He was like, if I, if I, for me to mess up, if I messed up, I wasn't scared of the coach. He was like, I was scared of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you scared of me for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, bro, you just don't realize, dude. Like you give people these looks. <laughs> you give a, you're like, man, you gave me a couple looks this year. I'm like, bro, he wanna rip my head off, dude. Like, and it's just like it's just one of them things that where it's like it's not that. It's just like I expect so much from you. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it like if I messed up, I hold myself accountable for it. Like and you know, I, I I try to make up for it. But like it bothers me if, you know, guys complain about playing time not playing and then I come in the gym and you're shooting half court shots. And I'm down there actually, you know, working on game moves, then mm-hmm. getting moves that I'm going to use in the game. You're shooting half-court shots with steady complaining. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's frustrating, man. To me, that's just like it's it literally it it kills me inside. Like it just. I I understand. I understand. (laughs) I I mean, I do camps all the time, right? You you say, oh, all the parents out there that listen to this, and you say, okay, let me help you, kid. What do you want to do? I want to be in the NBA. Okay. How do you get to the NBA? Well, you got to practice. Okay. Well, how often do you need to practice? I need to practice. I don't know. Well, you know, you need to practice once or twice a day. Well, what do you, how do those practices need to be? Well, they need to be intense. They need to be focused. They need to be full of, you know, a strategy of like, what am I good at? What am I improving? And then, you know, when you really get into the, 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 the nitty gritty of basketball, it's really just about like strategy and focus and, and attention to detail. And yep. that's what everybody's missing. They're not yep. missing. A lot of kids aren't missing talent. You know, a lot, a lot of, exactly. a lot of basketball players don't miss talent. They miss the attention to detail, the attention to look at things at a, on a, on a, on a professional level and say, okay, I suck with my left hand. I yep. cannot finish with my left hand. So instead of coming into the gym and shooting half court shots or threes, you know, they should be working on a finishing package that improves their left hand for the first 15 minutes of practice or, or their workout, you know? And I think that stuff right. is frustrating too, you know, looking out as a, you know, again, co- coaching from experience. I think you and I both, we've coached, you know, we train people from experience. So we look at it a little and it does irk me when I come into a gym and I see kids that want to play college basketball or come into the home workout class. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, you should be warming up. You guys should be doing stuff that we've already done. Exactly. You should be working on skips and cross, you know, like different, all the different footwork patterns that we've been working on. You guys should be programming, you know, like, but again, I try to think, okay, these are kids. I want them them to have fun, but you know, these kids also want to have, they have big goals. And I think you got a big goal. Well, then your system, your system of training and practice has to change. It has has to to change. And and I think sometimes you got to have an honest conversation. And it's, you know, it's one of those things I think parents, I would rather not have a parent. I would rather have it be me, the coach, the trainer, have that hard conversation with a kid because you know what? The parent should be supporting their kid no matter what. If they play like crap, they play like amazing they should be always the one constant. I think I tell, you know, that's the way I look at it for, for, you know, my dad sent me to coaches and trainers so that they could be, you know, my dad said, Hey, you're not good enough. I'm going to send you them and they, and they're going to, they're going to work with and improve you. You know, I, yep. I have taught you all I know. I cannot yep. teach you anymore. I'm done. Yep. Like I'm your dad now. Yep. Uh, Facts. And that, that's so important to me that I think that like the way that the approach that your dad took, because, I feel like as a parent, if you hand your child over to a trainer, you have to allow him to be a trainer and also even with a coach, mm-hmm. allow him to be the coach. And also as a parent, I think that, you know, if you're paying this trainer your money, that you should be telling the kid as well, like, hey, those drills that you worked on today, we can do those in the, in the driveway. Mm-hmm. You know, like you need to constantly practice. He's not going to always be here, but always, you know, next time you get, next time you work with him, you know, next time you work with him, shock him. Be like, oh man, you're better. You know, let me, cause I, I have a kid that I train. His name is Graham. And this kid is in seventh grade. And I'm talking about, he texts me, hey, the move we worked on today, um, 
and I'm gonna post some videos of Graham later today that we worked out yesterday. But I mean, his I mean, he's getting better and better. Mm-hmm. But um, he always constantly texting me, "Hey, you know, with this move we worked on, where when would I use it in the game? Just stuff like that." And then it, it excites me because it reminds me of myself. Because I was the same way. I always wanted to learn. I was always constantly my I had a, like I said, my my head coach in high school was a division one a former division one head coach. So right then and there, I felt like I had an upper hand on most kids in the city. They didn't have this. So I had a, a guy who already was at that level that I'm trying to get to, and I'm just trying to pick his brain. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to ask him everything I can. I knew I was annoying him. To this day I ask him, he say I wasn't, but I know I was. Um, but I feel like you have to want to get better as a player. You can have, I want to play in the NBA. Okay. Do you know what it takes to get to the NBA? Do you know what it even takes to get a division one scholarship? You know, like, and that's what a lot of, you know, kids, I think they don't understand. Like, you know, it's constant working out and constant, you know, trying to improve your game, not just, I'm going to work when I, when I, when I work with my trainer. No, you work with the trainer. Cool. But when you're not with the trainer, you know, I, I always carried a basketball with me. I carried a basketball in high school and to the, to the athletic director told me I couldn't bring the basketball to school anymore. So then I started bringing a tennis ball. I was dribbling a tennis ball in the hallways. You know, it was like constantly, I was always trying to figure, do something to, to, to work on my game. Even now I'm in the house doing footwork, going against her, acting like my little, my daughter's two, and I'm hitting her with crossovers, just like, you know, trying to pretend like she's a real defender. Like, <laughs> and even with my girl, I, you know, I pretend like I'm faking her out. And she's like, dude, just sit down. Do you always have to, you know, be doing something with basketball? Even, why are you always watching basketball? Always watching basketball. Just always trying to, I'm on YouTube, trying to learn the game, more about the game that I don't know. Even though I play, there's still a lot that I don't know. Um, so I'm trying to learn and, um, it's facts, but it's so true. I don't even say facts because I feel like that's like the millennial thing. You guys are all like fact. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, true, true, (laughs) (laughs) but like, it is true, man. And I think it's, it's one of those things that I feel passionate about, which is why I, I continue to like work with kids and, and do this kind of stuff because I do think there's a process to it. And yep. some people are, are on a, there's a spectrum of, of, of ways to do things, you know, where you could just, you, you can approach it in many different ways. But I think when you approach it from the standpoint of, of, uh, from an experience standpoint, yep. uh, um, and you can teach kids not only what works with the process, if you can't teach a kid, Hey, this, this process that we're doing with basketball, you know, studying tape, looking at footwork, uh, competing, giving your best effort, being your best self, and then you can't correlate that to to life outside basketball. Then you're doing something wrong. You know, there's no point. You know, like if I, if I'm like, hey, I I want to be an entrepreneur after basketball, and you can't apply any of the, any of the things you learn from the process of improving at basketball to entrepreneurship. You know, like people think entrepreneurship is this fun thing. I'm an entrepreneur. You know what? It's not always that fun. It's not hey, always fun. <laughs> No, it's not. Business, you got to pay taxes. You got to have an LLC. You got to have an accountant. I got to do the marketing. Who's? What are my leads per convert? You know, what are the conversion rates of my uh, website? All this stuff. It's not that much. It's not always that much fun. You know, at the end of the day, but you you're in it because you love to learn about it and you love 
you love that process of improving. You love it. You know? Yep, yep. I think that's, that's where you, you that's, got it right too. Like it's got to be fun. You got to plant the seeds of fun first. It can't be all business because yep. otherwise that passion doesn't turn to work. At and, that. I, and I try to tell them, you know, like when it is, a, when, when you are getting paid for it, then there's pressure now. Yeah. You know, like there's expectations you have to meet or you lose your job. It's yeah, the same right. as, you know, you work in, in, in the corporate world and you, you, you're not doing the things that your boss wants you to do and, and you're slacking. The same goes with basketball. And that's why I say enjoy it now while you can, because when it's a job, that's when the mental part kicks in. And like I've seen guys that are crazy talented. And I'm sure you've seen it. Guys from the NBA, crazy talented. Then they come over to Europe and they struggle yeah, because it's a, totally it's a totally different game. And guys think, oh, I played in the NBA and I'm going to kill these dudes. No, nah, it's different, man. It's different. So then they get hit with adversity for the first time in their whole their life. And you know the first thing, who the first person they're going to blame? Oh, they're blaming the coach. They're blaming everybody else but themselves. Mm. And it's like, it's one of them things to where that's why I say, I feel like when you have fun and you really, really love it and you enjoy it, you you will always, I feel like, look yourself in the mirror and be like, man, I got to improve on this. I'm playing absolutely terrible. I got to do this and that. You know, mm -hmm. when, when you've all, some of these kids are just talented and they don't love it. And, 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 and they think they love it, but they don't. They only love it because they like the attention they get from it. Yeah, you know they don't love it because they want to. They they want to improve and they, you know they they can accept adversity. Some people can't accept adversity and then they go in the shell and they just blame everyone, blame 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 game. Mm -hmm. And the one thing about me, I've never been the type to blame. I've always, even if I'm right, I've always say, hey, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the higher role. And I'm going to just say, I need to get better at this. And I'm going to be get better. And certain things you can't control. So I can try to control the things that I can control. And that's me. That's my game. I can control getting better. I can control being a better defender. Mm -hmm. I can control playing with more energy, you know, being more, being positive. Um, you can control that. So yeah. that's why I say it's so important to have fun. Enjoy it. I'm telling you, enjoy it. Because you know, you know, when it, when it, when you're getting paid for it, um, it's different, you know, it's different. The pressure comes, yeah. you know, and you got expectations you have to meet. If not, you fired. Yeah, I've been fired. Yeah, and it's a terrible <laughs> feeling, man. Yeah. I've, I've never, I, thought I, was, I thought I was playing good, man. Khalid, uh, Khalid Reeves played at Arizona. Man, he came I was in Venezuela playing. I, I was averaging like 18 and 7. I'm like, man, I'm balling. <laughs> Yeah. Venezuela, all the women loved me, right? I'm, I'm balling, you know, and next thing you know, I see, I see this guy who was like my childhood, like him and Damon Stoudemire were like my, I watched them on TV every day, you know, yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, Hey man, it's good to have you on our team. And he's like, I'm, I'm here to replace you. Wow. <laughs> and we practiced together for like two days before he told me that. Uh, so, you know, like it's hard. Like you're saying that mental part. Yeah. Uh, of but you know what that that mental pressure you know if you get to the state finals you get to college you know what i mean it, it keeps it's 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 going to be there so if you can't handle it and, and with that purpose and that passion to begin with like if you can't go back to the root of why you started playing and training and working 
you know what, you're going to get lost and you're going to lose, you're going to lose your resilience and you're going to lose that like ability to rise back up from uh, adversity. And I think when you, when all the things are wrong for, you know, if you're, if your motivation is wrong from the beginning, like you want the money, you want the Instagram followers, you know, you want, you want the superficial stuff. Then when, when bad stuff happens or adversity happens, man, you're going to find the easy way out. Yep. Yep. Facts. And it, oh man, I, it annoys me when guys do it for the, for the pub and all that. I'm like, man, I'm like, I didn't even have, and I guess it's because we didn't have Instagram and Facebook yeah. really when we were growing up. It was just like, we just wanted to hoop, you know, like we love basketball. We wanted to hoop. So now, you know, we was looking at it the other day. Um, what's crazy. We were, we're talking about the, me and my girl were talking about these high school kids that got like 2 million followers in high school. Oh God, don't get me it's, started. It's re and I just think it's ridiculous. Um, I get it, you know, but I think at some point that's when the parents come involved, get, should get involved and be like, look, you know, it's just tough, man. I don't want to see a high school kid getting interviewed about his success. Yeah, as because a, it's not success, really. Like, yeah, you know, like, like high school success is, uh, you know, I know I, I was not even on the top 100 list in the state of Michigan, you know, my, my senior year. And I went through that list of players, Kenny, and I, I honestly was like, oh, my God, I think like three guys played pro ball. <laughs> like, or, you know, like had good college careers, but they had been hyped up, you know, for so mm -hmm. long. Mm -hmm. and that hype, man, it's like cancer. It's like, it's like, a, it's like smoking that cigarette, man. You can't wait to get that cigarette back in your mouth. And you got that smoker's cough developing. You don't even feel it. You know, it's because you love it so much. You love that the way it makes you feel. Oh man. It's just, it's like an addiction. And, uh, I know yeah. it's, it's something we didn't have to didn't necessarily deal with as much. And I think, uh, it's important to talk about with kids. Cause like, how do you keep a kid focused? You know, where, where like, you and I were just so focused on the game and the and the improvement. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have to worry about people liking me on my on my social media. I was like, I just want to be really good. That's all. I, I want to get better and better. And exactly. And it was like, it's terrible because, you know. So for example, I don't know if you know LeBron James son like two days ago was mm -hmm. on Instagram got caught or he didn't get caught he posted on his Instagram smoking. Mm -hmm. um, and me and my girl, right then and there, I said, you know what? I was like, this isn't even like, it's sad really because now the media is about to blow this up. Mm -hmm. And I think he's, I think it's an attention thing he's doing because I was like, just be, I see people, people don't realize it's probably so much pressure being LeBron James' son. Uh, he's probably, I think he, I looked, I saw some last week. It was like the most famous high school kids and his son was number one. And I'm just like, man, that sucks. Cause you can't really have a normal life as a kid. Yeah, you know, like you can't do the things cause you always, you always under the spotlight. People always going to criticize you. Oh, he's not going to be as good as his dad. He's not. And that's terrible to hear as a kid, as a youth. You know, like that's those are things you shouldn't have to hear. You should just be go have fun and playing. But everybody had got expectations for you at a young age, and then you got two million people following you. So it's like 
you know, you got to watch anything you do. Yeah. And it's like, as a kid, you're going to mess up. You're going to do things that you ain't supposed to do. And it's just, that's just part of being a kid. Mm. And it's sad, really. I, I, mean, I, I think, think it's sad, that kind of can't be a kid. You can't, you can't enjoy the, it's the, so the purity sad. of like, it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's so sad because people, you know, I was looking at the comments and it was just like, come on, man, this kid is a kid. I get it. You know, he shouldn't be smoking weed on 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 Instagram. He shouldn't be smoking at all. But at the end of the day, he's a kid. And I'm pretty sure LeBron, you know, I'm pretty sure LeBron knew that his son probably smokes. But at the end of the day, he probably didn't want him, you know, be careful. Don't have it on social media because they're going to, you know, they're going to rip you apart. Hmm. Um it's and a tattoo, man. So. Anything that you put on out there, in there, if you're a high school player and you and you want to play in college, man, first of all, everybody can see it. Everyone like, can see it. Do you want it. your grandma to see you? Like, do you, exactly. you know, do you want your grandpa and grandma? Think of the people yeah. you love most. If you put it out there, like, that's who, that's who you're showing mm-hmm. it to. You know, that's how I think about it. Or I tell kids, and, like, it's a social tattoo. Do you want yep, that for the rest facts. of your life? Facts. And that's what's sad because like now everyone's going to judge him and call him names or they're going to, you know, and it's mm. just like, at the end of the day, he's being a kid doing stuff that, you know, kids do crazy things when you're a kid. Cause you got, you're, you're being, you know, I'm not trying to say his friends talked him into it, but you know, you hang around people who probably, you know, do things that you probably, your parents mm. probably wouldn't want you doing. And it just sucks because these kids got all these followers and there's another kid. His name is Mikey Williams. You might know him. He's always. Yep. So, oh, my. Uh, yeah. I don't even know. I'm like, who is this kid? Is he a pro? Like, oh why is he God. everywhere? Everywhere, everywhere I see everywhere. him. He's everywhere. And you know what I said? I told, um, you know, one of my close friends is Drew Joyce. One of LeBron James is yeah, yeah. best friend. So we talk all the time in the group chat. And, you know, I was and, and I asked Drew, I said, Drew, how, how tall is Mikey? He said about six two, six three, and I said, "Man, I pray to God he grows, man." I said, "I pray to God he grows and he makes it to the NBA because if he doesn't, I was like, you talk about you know depression, you know me- me- uh, mental, mentally like you know it's unstable, yeah. you know like that's what leads to stuff like that. You know, this kid is literally a celebrity in high school. I mean, I looked on this." I seen something to where he was like he was uh getting backstage tickets to, you know, Drake and all it's stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like if he doesn't make it, you know what happens? All those people that was riding for him, they just fall back, you know, and they, you know, those those free tickets to them concerts or you coming over to a celebrity's house hanging out and you in the spotlight goes away. And how does a kid how does he how do you handle that? You know, like to me, it's just like that starts depression, mm-hmm. you know, so I, it, it, it's so scary to me. You know, um, I just now let my daughter get Instagram, but I monitor it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to let her do it, um, but she, you know, all her friends had it and I just said, OK, but it just scares me, dude, because yeah. social media is really taking over everything. And and these kids are doing it for the gram. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing it for themselves. All the wrong reasons. All, all the, the wrong reasons. reasons. Like, yeah. we did it because we loved the game. We wanted to go out there and prove, like, I used to be in my, and I know you probably did it too, like, you outside playing by yourself and you pretending like you playing in, 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 in 
a big arena and the crowd is loud and you got to make, you know, we all used to, we all do it because mm-hmm. we loved it. You know, and it was like, man, this is what I want to, one day I want to, you know, be in this type of environment. You know, I want to be playing for a championship. I want to be going against the best and everyone is at the game watching me play. You know, like that's what I, I that's what I do it for. I don't do yeah. it for the, the ground and followers. I could care less, man. That, that, that stuff. Yeah, I was you know, dreaming. I was dreaming about hitting a last-second shot at the Breslin Center, and you know, on the state championship. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like that was all like I was that. thinking about. Yeah, it's just like, and people think it's like now kids these days, like, like, what, really? Like, yeah, of course, like, dude, like that's what you know will motivate me. Like, it's just like, man, I, I just hit a game winner against you know against Kentucky or something. Like, it's just like one of them things that you just always wanted to experience. I grew I you know, I used to watch who was one of my favorite players was Kirk Heinrich. Mm-hmm. Man, he was so Kansas. good. Mm-hmm. Oh man, like he was so good. Like he was my favorite player to watch. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was talking about Ben Gordon, and Ben Gordon was good and all that, but Kurt Heinrich was by far, you know, to me, he was just like polished. Mm-hmm. You know, like he especially I mean, his game was different in the NBA, but I mean in college, dude, I mean, he was cold. Yeah, he was a star. <laughs> he he could play defense too, man. Talk about he played yeah, both sides, man. He was man. He was cold, man. I and I used to be in the backyard, like practicing, like like yeah, I'm playing against Syracuse in the championship, pretending I was Kurt Heinrich. Like you know, it was just like <laughs> that's the type of things that I grew up on. I didn't grow up on social media, and I think that's really the biggest downfall right now, um, because a lot of a lot of these kids, they want, they got dreams to play. They want to play in the NBA, but they're, you know, you got, they're more focused on the outfit they wearing to their game. <laughs> like, they, 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 they never, I, and everybody. Oh, God, that, that was good. Yeah, yeah. man, I, I, but, I just laugh because I don't have any outfits that I ever thought about. I used to show up to school in my strength shoes, man. Like, you know, those big platform shoes. I would wear my strength shoes in my pajamas to school. Cause I knew I was going to work out like before uh, at lunchtime I'd work out and I'd shower and then I'd come, you know, and then I'd, that'd be like the start of my day after my strength shoe workout and, and yeah. <laughs> lunchtime dribbling routine, which I'd be drenched in sweat. You know, <laughs> people are like, man, something's wrong with you. And I'm like, yep, yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I have a goal that I'm going to look upon as crazy. They, yeah. that, that's crazy to me. Like you went through the same thing. People thought I was, they still think I'm nuts. Mm-hmm. He's crazy. Like guys overseas, they're like he's crazy. They, they, that's the rumor. All Kenny's crazy, man. Like he's don't, don't <laughs> be careful what you say to him because he's he, he's crazy, man. Like he he takes his basketball shit too serious. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's my job, dude. I love it. It's a passion. It's helped put food on the table for me and my family, and it just changed my life, like forever. Yeah. Like so, I'm forever grateful for this little orange basketball. Yeah, <laughs> and anytime I'm out there, I want to give it my best. So it's like, yeah, I, I know exactly because you know I look at almost social media and I see these guys. You know, they gotta post a picture before the game, and I say, oh my god, dude, just gonna play the game. <laughs> a lot. It's a lot to handle. You know, I, I, I'm I'm old school in that sense, and you know, and then you talk to a guy like Bob Taylor, who was a 30 year college coach, and you hear him talk. You know, and you can just see the the way the game and the and the, and the fandom and the and the the focus has has shifted and evolved in the in our country especially. Um, so RJ's, I mean, uh, Bob's done a great job though 
especially with RJ. Uh, he's uh he's done a really good job with RJ uh, because RJ, I mean, for his age, man, I tell him all the time, dude, I was nowhere near as good as you. <laughs> right. And his under, like the way he learns the game, he's just way, way oh, ahead of so where I was. He's smart, man. Like he's, yeah. he's, uh, and Bob will ask me, do you think he's a division one player? Oh, what? Of course. Like it's not even like a, mm-hmm. not a say, it's a automatically because the thing is, people, you know, people, some people who don't understand basketball, they, they, they just look at a guy and be like, oh, he's too small. Oh, he's, mm-hmm. he's this. Oh, he's tall. He's, no. I look at, you know, the game and also their mentality, their approach to it. And he's, I mean, RJ loves basketball. Like he's, you know, I think RJ could play at a high level division one, mm-hmm. like high level. I think he could play at, you know, uh, in, in the, in the, in the, uh, what's it, the Big East, you know, I, I really think he could because of the fact that if he gets there, he's going to improve. And he might he could struggle at first, mm-hmm. but that's normal. But I can promise you that when it's all said and done, he's gonna have a hell of a career and people are gonna be like, he's gonna be a favorite. Coaches gonna love him. They're gonna be like, Man, he's one of the best kids I've ever had. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's you know, that's why I think he can play at a high level of division one. Um, yeah. and you know, you know how it is, you know, some, you know, that these college coaches now, because I've I've spoken to some you know, college coaches about him uh, at a for, higher level. For anybody that listens to this in Michigan, RJ is a, a freshman going into a sophomore year at Grand Blank, and Ty Rogers is a junior going into a senior year at Grand Blank. Both really kind of guys that we both got to to work work out and train and, and do some stuff with this summer. And interesting, you know, like great great kids you know like i love training with them. i love working them out they were you know talk about kids that got it figured out in terms of like what what they need to do and 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 how they continue to grow their their game and their their learning you know i was like you need to hang i called i told rj you need to hang out with kenny and play against kenny every single day if you can i mean bother the crap out of kenny that's what i kept telling him yeah he i mean and he and and what's crazy is that I would beat RJ in one on one, and you could tell in his face he's mad. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and and I and I and I love it. You know, because that just shows that like he 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 feels inside that he can beat me. Mm-hmm. Like he he's better than me, and that's how you that's how you that's how you're supposed to think. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys look at it. Ah, he's supposed to beat me. Nope, nope, he ain't supposed to beat you. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, if he's a pro and you're in high school, yeah. It, if you look at it, yeah, he's supposed to, but personally, you have to take it it's personally. Not how it feels, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not how you, you should know. approach it, and 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 uh, he approaches it like he wants. He's going to beat you. He approaches his game. You exactly, know, I think that's so important for kids to think about, like. And he's uh, he's he's such a, like I say, I, I I really think he can play. You know, high level. You know, Ohio State, those type of Michigan State. I think he's that good. Hmm. Um. I think he's the type of guy Izzo gets him and falls in love with him. You know, those that's the type of kid he is, or like, kind of like you. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to. You know, people think eh, they got their expert. They you know they view you a certain way. I don't fit the mold. You. I don't fit yep, the mold. Yep, you know? yep. And then they get you, and it's like, holy crap, we got we, you know, we got a diamond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. Um, that's yeah, what I tell yeah, RJ. It, you know, that's what I think you got to tell. 
players that have a lot of potential, a lot of talent, that sky is the limit. A kid, you know, like my little brother who I, you know, I would always, humility and humbleness is one of those things I, a word I would use all the time with him. I'm like, listen, there are so many other players out there that you have not even seen and they are amazing and they're, you can compete with them, but guess what? They are putting in the work and are you putting in the work? So, if, you know, if you're going to hold yourself to a standard, you, you got to make sure you know what that standard is and whose standard, you know, like where it came from, why you have it, what's your why, why it motivates you, you know, and I think then it doesn't matter if you get hype. It doesn't matter if you are, you know, people are singing your praises because, you know, that stuff happens as a byproduct of the process. You know, I think exactly. that's, and, that's and, and, different. And when it does happen, everyone else is surprised and shocked, but you aren't. Because right. it's like, man, I'm not shocked. I've been putting in the work. I deserve this. You know, like, it's, I'm not shocked that I, you know, score 50 points. Like, you know, you're shocked. I'm not. I know what I'm capable of. Exactly. Like, you know, so it's like, that's the type of mentality you got to have. And you always got to stay humble. You know, that's the one thing that my dad done a great job. He never allowed my head to get big. He always said, let them talk about you. You don't talk about yourself. You know, let, let, let you, you, you let the world talk. Oh man, you let Kenny Hayes, this, this and that, but you never go around bragging about what you did and what you do. You let them talk. And my girl tries to get me at times to brag about myself, but I can, I never would do it. Um, she's like, sometimes I just feel like you should, you know, there's times I have a big game and we lose and I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Like literally she, she knows now, you know, she, she laughs, but, she knows now, like, even when her parents would come overseas and, 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 and uh, stay with us like two weeks, um, say they come to a game, and I probably played well individually, but we lose. Mm-hmm. And she had to warn them. She said, okay, all right, after the game, don't, you know, leave Kenny alone. They lost. Don't, you know, this is how he is. He'll come back around the next day. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And that's usually how I am. Um, you know, I'm mad. I'm really angry. You know, there's times I'm mad at myself, but, you know, if I played good and I felt like my teammates didn't, you know, they didn't play up to the part that I expected them to, I'm, I'm angry. You know, I'm, 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 I'm to myself. I stay to myself. I won't speak to anybody. Um, and it took her a while to understand that. Like, because at first she's like, I don't understand. She thought I was mad at her. And it was like, no. Then the next day, it's like she thought I had like bipolar. I was bipolar or something. Like next day, I'm all cool. Mm-hmm. It takes me, and I had to sit down and explain to her like myself and my thought process, how I approach the game. And she's like, uh, okay, I got it. So now, you know, mm-hmm. we're three years in, four years in now together. And you know, she is she's used to it now. She already knows we lose. If I play bad, she know not to, you know, if I play bad and or if I play good and we lose, she knows I'm, I'm, you know, not to probably bother me. Or we can win. I can play bad and we win. I'm not really, I'm not mad. I'm more, I'm like, ah, I didn't play good. I'll, I'll be better next week. You know, I, I approach it that way. Mm-hmm. At least we got the dub. I'll be better next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's how a lot of, you know, kids that I, I I just think people should approach the game that way. Um, just because I don't, you know, you never want to seem like a selfish basketball player because that's, that's, 
where you lose your teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, he only cares about this. He only cares about that. And anyone who knows me, the, 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 my Turkish players, teammates will tell you, and other countries that tell you that I play, I am so competitive. Even in practice, I want to win all the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just super competitive, and I don't – I I'm not – if I have a big game and I, I score 30, 40 points, I'm not, and we lose, I'm angry, you know, because I'm not, it's not a surprise to me that I did that. I'm more mad that I did that and we lost. Mm-hmm. You know, it defeats the purpose. Like my dad would say, like, oh, so dad, I saw that. How much you have? Oh, 30. Win or lose, we lost. Oh, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> exactly what he'll say. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, yeah. um, you know, I think when I'm done playing and I retire, I start to, you know, reminisce more on, like, uh, individual things that I did. But right now, my ultimate goal has always been to win a championship in Europe. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, you know, I'm praying, you know, I've gotten close. It's, it's the best feeling. Yeah, I've gotten close, man. So, you know, I'm praying that I get another shot at it somewhere. So Yeah, man. Um, well... I pre- dude, seriously, so much for talking. I know I've taken up so much of your time. I might have to cut this into two parts. We did, we talked about a lot of interesting topics to me, and I, you know, and I just um uh, always enjoy just the the process of hearing people's process and mindset, and you know, just excited to share this with everybody. Uh, so, how do people find you, and where can people find you? Train with you, uh, you know, watch your watch you go back to Europe and in your career, or or uh, you know, just hook up with you in some way, whether it's training or something in Michigan. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate you, you know, talking with me. And I look, I could talk basketball and, and everything. Uh, I could talk for days with this stuff. So you you didn't waste my time. <laughs> I really appreciate you, you know, reaching out and wanting me to be on the podcast. Very thankful for that. Um, my, uh, yeah, if, if people want to reach me, uh, you can follow my Instagram. It's, uh, Hayes K one nine. Um, and then I got, you know, the, 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 uh, my development skills, development Instagram, and that's hoopology, uh, workouts. So it's, um, at hoop dot, uh, O L I mean, O L dot O dot G Y workouts. So, um, and if you, you know, follow me or send me a message, whatever, even if you don't want to train, if you want to ask me questions, ask me whatever, man, I, I yeah. try to get back to as many people as I can. It's tough at times. Cause I, I do have a lot of like unread messages and some messages I don't see, but if I do see them, I always try to like, um, uh, you know, w- reach out to people. Yeah. I'm very, the one thing you must know about, I'm really bad at, my DMs, like I'm terrible, you know. So yeah, I, did, I just figured out what that was this year, so don't don't feel bad. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm awful. <laughs> I'm terrible, and I get I get crap even with my text messages. I'm bad. My my girl, my parents, they get on me all the time. I text you, and I'm like, oh, I didn't see my phone, and they'll look and they're like, look, I text you, and I, also, and I feel terrible because it's like you know I haven't been looking at my phone. Yeah. Um, so. Well, uh, I, I appreciate it, man. People just keep trying then is what I hear. If if they if they need to reach you then Yeah, just keep just sending keep knocking, keep keep knocking sending on the door. Or, or write a message on comment under one of my pictures or something or yeah. just, you know, 
ask me anything. So appreciate you having me on, man. And yeah, any, we'll be uh, we'll be watching I, you over here at uh, the the home workout club. We're gonna we're gonna try. Also, my uh, Huffman basketball club is kind of you know we're gonna try to get you on and do some some stuff with with the 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 community we have. I think I got about thirty five kids who join me. You know, once twice a week. We okay. Do, we do some stuff online. So I'm, I'm setting up, uh, some stuff to, to add like a, almost like a, can, not like a day, you know, like an event, like a class that you, they can pay at a, they can pay, um, just pay, you know, pay right as they like one event, like a camp, you know, you, you show up, you do the workout. Uh, yep. we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. And I, and I hope, you, you know, hopefully we can get you over to that at some point before you go, or even when you get overseas, maybe if you got time. Yeah, facts, facts. Anytime, right. just let me know. All right, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll uh, we'll be in touch. And then when I release this hot pod, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna send it out to the all the people hopefully that are looking for some answers in the basketball world. So, okay, yeah, just right. let me know. Appreciate it, man. All Have right, a good Kenny. One. You too, man. Talk to you later. See you. All right, man. Throw.